ain't no rainbows. Nah. It ain't gonna be no sunshine. Nah. No twerking. Nah. No trombone. Nah. None of that. Nah. Hey, Oos, check this out. Hell in the Cell is very, 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 very similar to what the Oos' penitentiary is like. How, Oos? Well, see, dog, we're gonna drag New Day right down this aisle right here. That's a dead man walking. We're gonna bring him up right to this hell right here. Got him shivering and shaking. We're gonna open up that cell door. I'm gonna throw the ass in there. No, check this out. I got a better one. How about we throw every single tag team inside that cell? Slam the door. Bam! What's that sound? That's the sound of the tag division on lock. Back. This podcast is scheduled for one fall. With a 60 minute time limit coming out of the black corner, a combined weight of 666 pounds, recording to you from the yard at the Uso Penitentiary. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is Bobby, the Acme Anvil V. And once again, we're bringing you another edition of the Wrestleocalypse. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Oh, All right. We've got um, some it's, stuff it's, to it's, get it's into. It's a crowded, it's a, sorry, it's a crowded LA night bandwagon, but I'm toward the front at least. I mean, I'd be driving it, but I'm at the, I'm close to the front. Yeah. Someone's got to be. <laughs> right. All right. Go on. I'm sorry. I had to get that off my chest. All right. Let's just dive into this. What do we want to start with? Do we want to start with the pay-per-view or do we want to start with WWE? Let's start with WWE. Cause, uh, then we'll it'll be a positive ending to the first half because I think we both agree just off the bat it was good for Bindor pay-per-view and there's a lot of good things to talk about. WWE also loving it. Uh, it's the first time I've cared about NXT in a long, long time. Since Adam Cole was on it, probably. Yeah, man. Um, we had Seth Rollins against Braun Breaker for the, or the world title. And then we also flip fast forwarding to the next Tuesday. We had Carmelo Hayes versus Baron Corbin for the NXT title. Well, which one of these do we want to dive into first? So, um, you know, I say we do, we go back, let's start with the Seth Rollins one. I thought taking that title down really elevated NXT elevated Braun breaker. You know, I think we may have talked about it a little bit last time. Questionable, questionable. I didn't understand why they had Braun breaker you know, at raw, but he didn't like interact with Seth Rollins. He just kind of like cut a promo and they flew him back to Florida. I think he should have jumped Seth Rollins or, or, you know, they should have had an interaction, but, uh, breaker puts on a really good match with Seth Rollins. Yeah. And just, this is just elevating Seth Rollins even more. Like his title reign has been really good so far. I like the open challenges he does. I think that's really good. And, um, yeah, and Braun Breaker, he's ready to come up to the main roster as far as I'm concerned. And I feel that's what that was. You know, they're trying to get Seth Rollins and the people who know Seth Rollins' eyes on Braun Breaker before they bring him up, which I think is a smart move. Braun Breaker doesn't have much of a character, so it's not like they're going to do the old school thing where they're like, oh, you have a really well-developed character at NXT. We're going to totally change you when you come to the yeah, main exactly. roster and see if it works. 
Yeah, so, I like that. And I feel that's really similar to what they did with, with Carmelo Hayes, right? Exactly. And then also, too, before we forget, um, the Finn Balor attack after the match, because those two are going to be fighting at Money in the Bank. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really cool. There's a lot of long-term storytelling uh, with that one going all the way back to Seth Rollins injuring Finn Balor. Finn Balor having to drop the strap, the inaugural... Was it the inaugural world champion? The inaugural universal champion. Yeah, it's they have, you know, the belt thing. Yeah, so they did a callback to that, so I enjoyed it. I like the callback. Yeah, and he's done a few. He's he's kind of brought out some of the Bullet Club stuff. I like when he pointed the at Seth Rollins. So uh, that was really good. And then um, Balor, I think Balor attacked him again um, Monday night. On, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, so but, go ahead. I mean, that's always questionable whether that bodes well for him in their match coming up for the weekend. Right. Right. Um, I thought, dude, Baron Corbin as the lone wolf persona character, um, coming down to NXT, I thought it was a great move for Balor. I mean, not Balor, I'm sorry, Corbin. Yeah. And, um, I thought he had a good match and he looked strong and, um, you know, they had Carmelo Hayes who made the save on raw preventing, Preventing Finn Balor from um, hitting Rollins, Rollins with the Rollins. chair, right? Yeah, and then uh, Car- Carmelo Hayes actually lost to Balor, right? So you thought that Carmelo Hayes coming in to the NXT title defense would be weakened. Uh, he wrestled from underneath almost the whole quarter yeah. match, uh, but was able to pick up the win. So, and then they ended with um, Corbin yelling at Shawn Michaels. So I feel like Corbin's going to be there for a little bit while longer. They may not pull the trigger on Carmelo as fast as maybe Braun Breaker, but yeah, I feel like that's definitely in the horizon. Yeah, Carmelo's still got some legs with his title run. It's pretty new. Um, and Baron Corbin in NXT is g- good. So I think that's the spot. I think that's good for him. And it's just the problem is it's not even a problem with Baron Corbin. It's like whatever they've given him, he's ran with. Like the sad Corbin, the happy Corbin, like all that stuff. And he's just, to be honest with you, he's just boring. But like he puts on, when he's the lone wolf, it's good. And they put on a great match with Carmelo Hayes. Like he's not a bad hand in the ring at all. No, he's got good size. He moves pretty well. He's got like a a somewhat dynamic moveset without trying to be one of those big guys who can, you know, do moonsaults off the ropes and shit. So, um yeah, I thought that was really good. I looked through the results of the rest of NXT and I was like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah, what is going on? It's real hard to get into. Like, I, I can't really do it with the exception of Hayes, Breaker, and that's about it. Yeah, so that's been so far so good. Um, and then obviously we kind of go and we're looking forward a little bit to the Money in the Bank. We've got the the main event, right? The match of the the, the Civil bloodline civil war. Usos right. continue to get the drop on the tribal chief. Well, he the tribal chief hasn't been around, obviously, but so Sakoa and Paul Heyman um have been being a little bit uh harassed by the tandem of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn had uh 
Um, he had a he had a match against Gunter, right? Yeah. yeah was, did you check? Did you see? Did you see that one? I did. It was I good. thought it was pretty good. I thought it was good too. Gunther can't have a bad match. Like, and neither can Sami Zayn at this point. So those two together are pretty good. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm like the the Matt Matt Riddle squash match that's gonna happen. I mean, oh, I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't get so this is a thing that I guess, right? This seems to be a thing. And like you come off come off a long hiatus. Like you shouldn't be expected like to win your get these big matches and title, you know, shots and then become competitive. You haven't wrestled in a long time. You should have to like, you know, get your legs back. And like when Jordan came back, we're in 45. He wasn't just like the old Jordan, you know? I know, but they've been putting a riddle in these matches where he's been like losing decisively. So how is he supposed to work a good match? When this match with Gunther has a potential to be a good match on ta- on paper, but with the way they're booking him, with booking Riddle at least, I it could be a squash. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. And like, it just seems weird. It seems weird that that's who they decided to to challenge for the IC. This, you know. So that was weird. I like. I also like the the see like it like the way they're bringing Tomasa Champa back like way better, right? To me, that makes more sense than what should happen when a wrestler comes back, like not challenging yeah. for a title. But it, does it really do anything at this point for Ciampa to beat The Miz and be in a feud with him? Because The Miz... No, lives. other than it gets him in the ring and gets him on television, gets uh, him a paycheck, and people like Ta- Tomasa Ciampa. I like Tomasa Ciampa. I do too. <laughs> so, I did. I also really like the Ricochet and Nakamura match that opened... Um. They didn't really open it. What you know? They took like a fucking hour before they got to the first match, which right. I just I hate. I, I don't hate. like that either. And like Dominic, it's is like a heat magnet, but it's like I don't know. I wasn't impressed with the opening segment with Cody Rhodes and everything. And like I don't know. They need to. Hopefully, they end this at Money in the Bank. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't like this little stop feud against Judgment Day with Cody Rhodes. I don't. I don't know. I think he needs to be doing some bigger things, but maybe this is just to, before he gets to Lesnar again. It's because Lesnar's not available. Yeah, of course not. So, which is good why you have like your top baby face feuding with somebody who's, but I mean, it's not like Reigns is there either, but at least Reigns can talk to Paul Heyman. No, it's true. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of excited about Money in the Bank, to be honest. It doesn't look like it's going to be bad. Hopefully, LA Knight wins the money in the bank. And I, ha- but I have a feeling I wouldn't be surprised if they had Logan Paul win it. Um, yeah, if he does something dastardly and what, then maybe he feuds with LA Knight. Yeah, but like, I just don't want that to happen. I'd no, rather, I don't either. I'd rather LA Knight just take it. But like, I feel like they're going to pull a swerve because everybody thinks LA Knight's going to win. And then, yeah, generally speaking, like the surest way you want Vince to do something is organically over. Yeah, because like they need to pull the trigger on this guy because he's just he's gold. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't really see who else like Nakamura's can't you can't put it on Nakamura. No, 
Who, who's run off the people who are in the match just for a refresher? The superhero Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, LA Knight, Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and Logan Paul. So the, the three that actually have a shot to win are Damian Priest, LA Knight, and Logan Paul. You wouldn't even you wouldn't put Santos Escobar even in that? No. Because okay. oh well, they're are they gonna um go for the US title though, or are they going for the main title? It just says for a men's championship contract. I guess they get to choose, right? Oh, that's right. They get to choose. So then then this this is kind of a wild card then. Cause um they might go after the US title, which I don't get, or like I don't know, but I just think I think if I'm booking this like normal money in the bank, I would put it on LA Knight. But like I said, the three that have the chance to win actually are LA Knight, Damian Priest, and Logan Paul. As much as I hate to say it, um, just because they'll pull something that's like a crazy ass swerve or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some good spots. Well, yeah, Ricochet's in it. Santos Escobar can pull stuff off. Logan Paul. Yeah, he can. He's he's good at the spots. Butch is solid. He's a solid in 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 ring guy. Shinsuke Nakamura's best days are behind him, but he's still he's still good. And so I I yeah I think it's going to be good. You know I wonder how like the question is the ladders right like yeah how they end up using the ladders. Um, women's women's matches: Zelina Vega versus Becky Lynch versus versus Zoe Stark. Versus Bailey versus EO Sky versus Trish Stratus. Women's money in the bank. Women's money in the bank. I think EO Sky wins that since they've been like big on her. I mean, so that's what smart money says, at least. Because I don't think Becky Lynch should be in the title picture as much. She's still feuding with Trish. Right. And that's what's weird is like in the women's, there's, there's like, um, they have a couple feuds working, and obviously, this is opportunity for the Bailey EO Sky, the end of what damage, is damage control. control. Yeah, that, that thing's been a bust anyway. It has been. It was a it was a good pop when they came back and stuff. And but it, it hasn't been shit since the pop. So no. Oh, and I like that Bailey. You know, she throws herself into whatever they give her, but um, it's like whatever. Yeah. But yeah, man, I think it's going to be good. I'm probably going to check it out because it's free and I have Peacock um, Saturday from Cardiff by the sea or some somewhere in, in merry old England. So it starts off at, uh, starts at noon, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I imagine it would start pretty early. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, yeah, it's overseas. So I don't know. I'll catch it when I'm off work. Right. Oh, it's in London at the O2 Arena. That's right. There you go. Cool. Moving on, moving upward. We actually did have a pay-per-view um, Forbidden Door. The lead-up uh, last week, I thought Dynamite was just like too much stuff. They were shoving everything, trying to wrap up these loose ends. Collision was terrible. I turned it off. Like when that fucking swerve and uh, Tanahashi, um, that was terrible, dude. Like, 
Tanahashi's lost like five, like uh, 500 steps. 500 steps. Yeah, man. The botch on the ropes, luckily swerved, savvy vet, saved it with some quick thinking. But like, yeah. So I didn't like that. But of course, like we, you know, questions abounded last year at the Forbidden Door and it definitely paid off. And this one, the payoff was good as well. Um, you know, just the IWC was gushing, gushing all over themselves on Sunday uh, with what happened in Toronto. You watched it. You take us through some of your favorite parts. What What would you say is the thing that uh, stood out the most to you? Oh, that's easy. That's the Omega Osprey too. Like, I mean, they topped their first match. So, and even with, there's some shenanigans with Don Callis, but that was to be expected. And, you know, because I like how Will Ospreay is dedicated to his character and he knew he was going to end up getting cheers. So he comes out with Callis, which is smart. Um, and that match was great, except for the Tiger Driver 91 or whatever that was where Omega got dropped on his head. I mean, that happens, but um, what else was good there? Uh, I'm trying to think. The Tanahashi MJF match wasn't that great. Um, no, but at not- least MJ- MJF's plotting style works. It was more of like a MJF character match. It was. It right? was. And he was playing up the whole thing that he demanded to be first so that he could leave immediately. And he, you know, just like that whole thing. So that's good. It was a good way to at least continue to build MJF's character. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice if they would have had a better match for him. They kind of helped elevate his title run. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't. I don't think even getting a win over Tanahashi elevated MJF that much. Because, like I said, Tanahashi's lost a ton of steps. I I couldn't believe I was watching the same guy. Yeah, and um, I mean, you know, Father Time jobs to no one, so we know better than that. Ain't that the truth? And um, another good match is uh, Willow Nightingale versus Tony Storm. That was very. That was good. And they have a good, they've got good chemistry together. And Willow Nightingale is really good. So, I, I mean, I, I don't mind seeing more of her. Um, yeah, but she's, she's uh, Ring of Honor, isn't she? Japan. No, Japan. She just beat Monet. She, she beat Monet. But that was, see, I think what they were supposed to do, rumor has it that Monet and Tony Storm were supposed to go at it. But because Monet was supposed to win that strong title that Willow Nightingale is holding, but they had to, call something on the fly because Monet got hurt. So that's why Nightingale has it. But anyway, they're making it work with her. She's really yeah, she's good. a good champion. She's a good yeah. champion for sure. Um Danielson Okada was the other match. Like um oh yeah Sonata the both title matches weren't very good, I thought. Um and now we have a healed jungle boy, which is I heard I read that they were going to they're just Rumor has it that they were supposed to do that anyway, but we'll see what happens. I mean, the guy, he pretty much has done all he's done in as a baby face, but him as a heel, I just don't see it. So I don't, I don't either. They kind of played with it a little bit. He did some heelish things in his feud with Christian cage, right? Who I guess in a way, Christian cage is a new title holder himself, but I digress. (laughs) I love, how I love how he's that doing stick that. That whole stick is hilarious. Dude. It's funny. <laughs> I saw some like social media hot take. They were like, Christian Cage has been way more entertaining than Edge since he they came back. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, um, another another match that was good was the um, 
the Young Bucks, Eddie Kingston, and Hangman Page versus Blackpool Combat Club and their Japanese cohorts. That was a good match. Yeah, that is some good storytelling as well. Yeah. And so they're still going with that feud versus the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. They should have saved that anarchy in the arena match, but who am I? I don't, I guess we booked backwards in Tony's world. I just still can't get over how he books. Like, it's just, it's so weird. It is. It's, you know, it's frustrating because sometimes it's just like you blow your, it's like you blow off the feud at the beginning of the feud it's like <laughs> it was like it was like cody rhodes being like if i lose i'm never gonna challenge for the title again right like, wait 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 what you just like your first match against him exactly like, what are you doing they've been doing so, this since day one but um they have been doing it since day one yeah on to a more positive note well positive and let's say bittersweet but uh it was brian danielson versus kazuchika okada which, man, everybody, I mean, I was buying the pay-per-view for two matches, and um, Okada Danielson was one of them. Um, it never got out of second gear because Danielson ended up fracturing his forearm in the match and even continuing to wrestle for the next 10 minutes, tapping out Okada. So there was a, there was a sudden end to the match, and it was really weird. I didn't know that Danielson was hurt for real when I was watching it in uh, real time. But, you know, after that, the the next day, the reports came out and that he's injured. And he's out six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Which is like, what is it? That's right around blood and guts. Isn't that going to? So, I yeah, I don't know if he'll make that. And which is which no. is fine because they don't need to do any more feuds with Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite. Oh. But but anyways, it was a decent pay-per-view. Too long, still, still too long. Um, a lot of matches could have either not been on the card or they could have been like, you know, have some considerable time shaved off of it. So, but, you know, it wasn't a bad offering. I, I dug it. If you like New Japan and you like AEW, then there's no reason why you shouldn't like this. Yeah, I do. Before we move on to the cool shit, I did see, I think um, we had a return of the third rascal. Oh, Zachary Wentz? Yeah. Yeah, he, he said, he, I read somewhere that he's coming back. Yeah, I, I saw that he made a surprise appearance. I think it was in Ring of Honor, but I want to ver- verify. I'm trying to fact check myself. Here, let me check and let me get on it too. Yeah, because I think that's awesome. You know, I mean, you know, there are some questions about, you know, the reasons why. He returned to Impact. Impact, okay, that's yeah. what he did. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see him interacting with Trey Miguel. Oh. I, have, I watch Impact here and there, so I'm not too up on it but from since the last pay-per-view, but I'll check it out and I'll report back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but that's about it, really. I mean, wrestling was definitely dominated by the big two. Great Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Though it was long, it had some good payoff moments. And then yeah. we'll see Money in the Bank. This is a big This is a big part of the uh, post-WrestleMania programming. So we'll see where we go. 
All right, so we're going to take a powder and get on to cool shit. Yeah, boy. Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, the Dark Lord's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? Cool shit. And cool shit always starts off with what? The motherfucking mailbag. All right, let's hit it. Let's hit it indeed. All right. First up, we got Smokehouse Jones. I thought Forbidden Door was a great pay-per-view. While Sonata Jungle Boy was kind of underwhelming, I did enjoy the heel turn at the end. Just curious on what your guys' thoughts were on JB's heel turn and will it benefit him in the long run? We just kind of touched on this, but, um, you know, I think the heel turn is good. I question the heel turn against Hook. I guess that's kind of how they had brought it up. And, you know, he said he wants to win a title this year, so he's lost every other title he's gone for. Maybe this, maybe the FTW one will, but. I feel like we may see Taz uh, interfering here or there. I don't know, because Taz can't bump. But um, the thing is, if he goes for the FTW title, that's not even like a real title. I mean, none of the titles are real, but like it's even more not real because it's it's just like a standalone title or whatever. But I don't know. Like, I don't I, I really don't know if it will benefit him or not, because he needs to have a little bit of fire to be like a good heel. He has to be good on the mic and he's not really the best on the mic. So I just, I just don't see how it's going to work out, uh, but I guess they've been playing around with it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and I guess this has been in the works for a while. So they, if they have a long-term plan, but I don't think that AEW is short on heels, sing, especially singles main event heels. So. And yeah, they're pretty, they seem like they're pretty heel heavy. Yeah, or tweeners, which you know. Well, when you're, like, but when you're when your tweeners are John Moxley, it's like. Well, John Moxley's a full blown heel, so. Well, now he is. Yeah, BCC's heel now, but I don't. I don't know. I just like I said, that's my answer. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, I can't, time will tell. I mean, yeah. you know, I think he's got he's got some serious work to do, and this will be a make or break moment for him uh, in the short. Term. I think long term, they're still looking at him as a, a big piece of the future. But it's like he got he needs to get reps doing this shit. He needs to get better on the mic. And if you're a heel, you got to be good on the mic. So yep, let's go. Let's go time. All right. So that's our answer to that. Smokehouse Jones. Let's call over Tony Schiavone's Water Boy with NFL OTAs coming up soon. Who 
do you think will lead the Cowboys in tackles this upcoming season? I think the like I wouldn't bet against Parsons. Yeah. Parsons, Vanderesh. Uh you know. Um who else? Last season it just seemed Parsons just he has a nose for the football, which I don't know really what that means other than the fact the guy's really fast and can go and get into all these different plays. Um, but if they're using him primarily as a pass rusher, uh, you know, sometimes that can, you, you know, your, your job is to get to the quarterback, not necessarily get all the tackles. Exactly. But so I think him, maybe Demarcus Lawrence, but he's supposed to be getting after the, the quarterback too. So it probably will just be Parsons. Yeah, I mean, they need to really – they're going to need to hang their hat on their defense. Yeah, because I'm not convinced about this running back they drafted until I see him on the field. And I'm just not – I don't really have a lot of confidence in Dak Prescott. So, that's just me. No, I I mean, yeah, this is like a prove-it year for him. Like, Well, it's now or never. Like it's now or not like, he, you know, there's the strong, strong memory of, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, we all remember them winning those games with the other quarterback, right? right. Like, so last year, last season, Donovan Wilson led the team in tackles with 101 safety Devon yeah, I know who he is. Williams. So that's also. You know, but Van Der Esch had 90. So line probably said, yeah, linebacker safety, I imagine. But Parsons and Lawrence rounded out the top five with J. Ron Curse right there. Number three. So it's going to be interesting. All right. Diamond Dave Thomas, I really enjoy your guys' What Are We Watching segment. I've been watching Knife or Death on Netflix. These guys test these different swords and knives and try to cut things in a certain amount of time. I was wondering if this show was on your guys' radar. No, it wasn't on my radar. I really like this other show that's on Netflix called Forged in Fire. So it's about people making knives and then trying to cut stuff. So Definitely going to add this one to the list, and it has a very catchy title. Which yeah, matters. I caught some of it today, and um, Goldberg's actually the host of it. And like, they have to like cut these things in like the least amount of time, and they have these swords that are built that they look go look over them and see if they can compete or not. And it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, and if they're paying Goldberg, maybe they'll stay the fuck out of a wrestling ring. Exactly. So it is. Everyone check everyone check it out <laughs> so it, it is on my radar diamond dave thomas and thank you for showing us something yeah thanks for, for you know it's always take 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 in the mailbag diamond yeah. dave thomas is giving and i i appreciate that me too all right but rounding out the mailbag this week sweep the leg i really dig the get rid of one segment i have one for you guys if that's okay Video game consoles, Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, PlayStation, or Xbox. Well, sweep the leg. That was exactly what the get rid of one I was going to do this week was. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. But 
to quick do this, all of these are excellent systems. Super Nintendo is probably the greatest system of all time as far as the, the amount of games that they had. Right. Because everyone was publishing for Nintendo at the time. Sega Genesis really had the only character who could compete with Mario with Sonic, which was an incredibly fun game, as well as having some older themed games. The Mortal Kombat for Genesis was better. Um, the, it launched with Altered Beast, which Altered was one of my Beast, I was just about to say that. Games. Yeah, so really love Sega Genesis. Um, PlayStation was awesome because it was like it was disc driven. The graphics were killer. The games were rad. I really enjoyed Metal Gear Solid, Gran Turismo, um, Strong. I took that one to college with me. And then in college, I bought Xbox because Halo was just. I yeah, Halo was. But then I, that's when I got Xbox, I really got into like the um, I think that was the first console that I got a, a modern Madden game. And then the like we were playing a lot of NBA 2K on the Xbox, which was super fun. Um, so if I have to get rid of any of them, I'm probably going to end up getting rid of the PlayStation. Because in the end, um. I really only use it for a couple games and I ended up moving on from that to the Xbox pretty quick. Um, whereas Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, I ran really hot. And then Xbox, uh, I just like, I don't think there was a better game than Halo. Like, it was, it was just so phenomenal. I just loved it. This is a hard one. I don't. I, I agree with all the stuff you said, and I'm not going to do my own breakdown because you, I think you did it pretty well. Um, I'm only going to rate these off their first generation ones just because Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis didn't get a second generation. Um, I do remember when they made the Genesis smaller and more compact. That was cool. Yeah. And then they gave, they did the like the 32X, which was like you plug it in on top of it and it boosted the resolution. Right, right. I remember uh, that. Um, it's between PlayStation uh, and Xbox. I think I'm going to get rid of the Xbox only because the PlayStation controller carried over to every, almost every generation of PlayStation models that they made. I think there's, I think you could still use the same one. But I don't know because I don't game that much anymore. But I I'm getting yeah no I get that in the first the the first generation yeah what'd you say you repeat that yeah I was gonna say the original Xbox controller was super big and bulky right they ended up I ended up getting the second generation which was smaller I think they added three extra buttons exactly like I just, no because they had the weird panel I just remember the first one being giant yeah, yeah. it was but um good get rid of one uh, yeah I mean it's not the best one of the episode but it, it was good and once again I appreciate the gifts from the mailbag Exactly. And if you want to give us more gifts or send us your questions or comments, you can get at me at Xander Hobbs on Instagram. That's X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S. Bobby, where can they find you? You can slide into my DMs on Instagram, Wrestleocalypse, spelled like it sounds, but you know that. <laughs>
because you're already listening to the podcast. Boom. All right, let's get on to match of the week. Yeah, this is from the golden era, 1987. The British Bulldogs of Davy Boy Richards and Dynamite Kid. Davy Boy Smith, but yeah. Davy Boy Smith, sorry. It's okay. Um, Versus the Hart Foundation, which was Brett the Hitman and Jim the Anvil, accompanied by Jimmy Hart. That's correct. So I I just wanted to, I found this online and I just thought it was cool just to go back in time because we haven't done like anything like Golden Agey for a while, I don't think. So... I what did you think of this? The highlight of the match is the commentary. Yes, that's what Just I was about like, to say. I want to say if you want if you wanted to get fucked up super fast, get some liquor and do a shot every time uh Bobby Brains as Limey's. He's <laughs> Limey's kind of like, yeah, he's so funny. And the way he's trying to be super disrespectful to the the female announcer and keeps owning himself. That's uh, right. It's just great. The, the whole thing is great. Yeah. And it's funny because, sorry, one last thing I thought was funny is they're always arguing about, like, you know, Brett the Hitman Hart goes in and makes the save, but he's not. And they, they're like, they're really arguing about the, the like, tagged rules of tag team wrestling. And I was like, Jesus, I've been listening to this since AEW started. Everyone wants to fucking bitch complain about the rules of tag team wrestling. Get over it. They've been doing right. this shit forever since 87. But um, yeah, and it's like, dude, the wrestling's really good too. Like not to take away, from, but the commentary was. Must. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. It's just, it just shows who, how much the game has changed from then to now. But classics like this, and that's why I like FTR so much is because they work a similar style than what like these guys do. And um. The British Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation are two of the best tag teams like to ever lace up boots. So, you know, even though this match wasn't like a clinic, it was still good to watch. And it's just sometimes it's good to throw on some old school wrestling to just check out. Yeah, yeah. And um, I liked at the beginning when they bring the dog in and Bobby the Ring goes, there's two things you shouldn't have in pro wrestling, dirty flea rig and mutts and woman and Announcers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the stuff doesn't age too well with Bobby the Brain Heenan, but it's hilarious. Yeah, it's like, but again, yeah, it's like, again, though, we're watching grown ass men in tights and boots pretending to beat each other up. Right. No, like, I, you know, I don't have a payment factor to it. I don't have a problem with Heenan. I just, I, I wish there was more commentary like Bobby the Brain Heenan, especially now because the commentary is horrible. So I just thought I thought it was a nice, refreshing thing to watch. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think everyone should check it out. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. That's where I found it. And um, yeah, just type in the Heart Foundation versus the British Bulldogs 1987. And um, it'll should bring you to that. But yeah, now, man. So other than watching Golden Era Wrestling, what else have you been watching? Well, I've been watching Tough Enough 31. Looks like um, McGregor won't be making this match, though, to uh, against Chandler because he didn't make the test pool. He didn't make the date. So it's not like he would have pissed clean anyway, I don't think. No, and he's got some legal issues brewing once again. 
that too. And this so. has got some pretty, pretty strong corroborating evidence. And, you know, they, they're, it's illegal to put security cameras in bathrooms, but they certainly have the security cameras that show when you're following a chick into a bathroom. That's true. So he's got some, he's got some issues. We'll talk about you're in just a crazy person and like <laughs> how everything, like, you know, it's just, and he's still so crazy popular, but it's like, I don't want to pay to see him fight. Oh, I probably wouldn't have watched that anyway. And just but. he runs his mouth and he gets in trouble. And he's obviously like, I mean, I don't want to say he's obviously jacked on steroids, but I mean, all the signs are pointing that way. It so. walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Yeah, and doesn't and doesn't make the testing pool like a duck, right? You know, like so disappointing. Yeah, I've been watching that Dark Side of the Ring. I've been really liking this series, this season of it. It's been really good. Not sure which one we'll be talking about tonight, but um, you guys should check it out. It's on Vice. Tough is on um, ESPN Plus. Um, you can check both those out. But what are you watching? So all the stuff, like all the series stuff that I talked about, like the Project Runway and the Top Chef All-Stars shit. Um, we wrapped up Top Chef All-Stars, though. Uh, we wrapped up Alex versus America, which was good. Um, so, yeah, the ghost shows are coming back. And then we started watching the Great Food Truck Race. This is only the second season of the Great Food Truck Race that I've watched. And uh, I really like it. And this one's all in L.A., so it's nice to just, you know hear them all complain about how LA is so difficult for food trucks and yada, yada, yada. So ghost adventures is back. Zach Baggins doing his thing. And then the, there used to be a show on YouTube, but apparently there was a big purging of kind of some of the travel channel ghost shows. Um, there's a lot of hubbub about it apparently on ghost Twitter, but uh, uh, it's called project fear. And they actually go sleep overnight. There's four of them and they'll go sleep overnight in these haunted locations uh which is crazy and and uh so we watched the first episode of their new show and that's on youtube and yeah man the uh i want i did watch the nba draft that was uh interesting to see how everything broke down um so yeah that's about it really i didn't watch the nba draft because i don't even know who's in who's in college basketball these days so yeah, well, that was that's what's so crazy, right? So, like, uh, the first player pick is this guy Victor Wen Wenbinyana, who's like just this like he's like seven foot two. He's got a seven foot six wingspan. He shoots the three. He's like just this crazy, you know, unicorn player. Then the second player was from college. Third player was from the G League, and the fourth and fifth player played in some weird pro league in Atlanta. And so it's just weird how like college doesn't have the, the monopoly anymore on these, like the best prospects. And there's all these between AAU and all these leagues and stuff. And then European players who are coming out and it's just so different than like football. And with football, they're just like, fuck you. We got an NIL money. We're just going to privatize our public universities to, and the football to like kind of, preserve the nfl's monopoly on talent you know so but that leads into the get rid of one which 
talking about the greatest draft of all time, 1996 NBA draft. And we're not just going to do a simple get rid of one as like, oh, who do you think is the best player or whatever? No. What it is, is we're already going to take the two best players that I think you would agree with off the board. So you're, you own a team and you're going to be in Ice Cube's Big Three Basketball League. 1996, you get a young Allen Iverson out of Georgetown and a young Kobe Bryant out of high school, Lower Marion, which I think are, are unequivocally the two best players out of this draft. So I'm, I'm going to name four players, and you have to decide of those four players who you would want to be the third member to join Allen Iverson. And, and Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and it was a pretty stacked uh, draft. So the first player who I think is way high up there um, after the end of his career from the University of Connecticut, Jesus Shuttleworth himself, Ray Allen. The next one from a small university in California called Santa Clara University, a young floppy haired Canadian who turns out to be two-time MVP, Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Out of high school, went to the hard knock life of Portland before finding his own on the Pacers. We've got Jermaine O'Neal who can throw a pretty savage right cross. And then the fourth option is uh, some people may have thought that it was, he was a, a bust, but I think he ended up having uh quite a career in his own right. And we're going to go with Stefan Starberry Marbury. All right. So this is an, I like this get rid of one because we're getting someone to fulfill the three man team. Yes. Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant. So out of those guys. So we got Ray Allen. Yep. Steve Nash. Yep. Jermaine O'Neal. Yep. And uh, Stefan Marbury. Stefan Marbury. Okay. So Marbury's out because we already got Allen Iverson. Um, I'm going to take out Steve Nash because we already have Allen Iverson. Um, so it's between Jermaine O'Neal and Jesus Shuttlesworth. Yep. I'm going to pick Jermaine O'Neal. Because we need to have a big guy. So you're 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 going for need. You're drafting for need, not necessarily best player. Yeah, I'm going by need. So I'm I'm taking Jermaine O'Neal because Kobe can shoot and distribute the ball. So can Allen Iverson. And so I need a big guy in the paint, Jermaine O'Neal. Some say he was soft, but I think in a three-man league, he'd be all right. And so that's my pick. Yeah, I think for Jermaine O'Neal, it wasn't that he was soft. I just think he did get injured too. Like, you know, he just bad luck. It was all of a sudden he got injured. And he went from like being a 22 and, you know, 13 guy to a 14 and eight guy. And a 14 right. and eight guy shouldn't make as much money he as he was making. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. I think I'm just going best player and, I, and I'm going to take Steve Nash. Because I think if you just put the three best players out there, they're going to find a way to win. True. Everyone can handle the rock. Everyone can guard on ball. I mean, yeah, Kobe Bryant at that point 
was definitely not the defensive presence he later became. He was pretty small <laughs> when he got drafted. Uh, but, and in the end, like, we never got to see Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant play. Steve Nash fucking broke his leg the first game as a Laker, and that never got to see him. So, nope. try to fulfill a fulfill a lost memory, I guess. But there was some honorable mentions that I could have included. Um, Antoine Walker out of Kentucky. Antoine, although Walker. his 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 uh, career kind of flared out a little bit. Marcus Camby played a ton of big games. And he yeah, had a lot I liked Marcus Camby. Yeah, because he ended up, he was on those Denver teams. And, and he was on the Knicks. Maybe. Yeah, definitely the Knicks teams. Um, you know, Eric Dampier, obviously. Yeah. But, but Pages Stojakovic was good. Uh, Derek Fisher, obviously, 24. But Derek Fisher was more more about it being a winner than being like a really good player. Um, but just at the top of that draft, it was, everyone was so fucking good. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty deep draft. Yeah. I mean, they, they compared like I was looking at the 2003 draft because 2003 is like LeBron. Um, and it's got, it's got LeBron and then it was LeBron, Darko, Carmelo. I think Wade went six. And that one's pretty strong too. But we'll save that for another day. Now we're getting in the gorilla position. We're getting warmed up. We're getting ready to walk out to the ring. What are you coming out to? All right. So this week after... um, really reflecting on it, deciding what I really wanted to come out to. Um, I decided to come out to a song called Godzilla featuring Juice World and Eminem from an album called Music to be Murdered by. And I had to do some research. As I was like, ah, oh, that sounds familiar. And music to be murdered by has featured another song that has been featured on our playlist. Uh, I believe it's called Nat. Yeah. Uh, so I that think- was Xander Hobbs selection. And I'm following up with Godzilla featuring Juice World. And you can listen to it now. Oh, you're a monster. I can swallow a bottle of alcohol and I feel like Godzilla. Better hit the deck like the cartilla. My whole squad's in here walking around the party across between a zombie apocalypse and That song's tight. Yeah, it's really good. I was talking to Betty. I was listening to it on the Alexa and I was like, you know what? I mean, I guess you could, if you don't like his vocal style and the way he raps, like that's a taste thing. And I think if you don't like, you might have bad taste. But if you don't think that that dude is skilled in how he does what he does, get the fuck out of here, man. Right. It's just that he gets so many words out in such a rhythmic way. And he creates this whole like other rhythmic track with the way he's doing it. And it's just it's really, really good. And I really like the song. So there we go. Yeah, that was a good one. I don't know if I'm going to top that, but I'm not going to try to. Um, (laughs) This one is actually brand new. And uh, it came out last Friday from the band Death Clock off the show Metalocalypse. 
This is called Aortic Desecration. They're coming out with a new album and a new movie, and they're going to be going on tour in October. Um, Death Clock, probably one of the best death metal bands on the planet. Brendan Small, uh, props to him, the creator of Metalocalypse and the one who writes all the songs for Death Clock. Um, this is their classic stuff, you know, fast beats, double bass, blinding guitar riffs. And enough about me. You can check it out right now. Yeah, I'm super pumped for this album and for this movie and for the show. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm jelly, but you'll report back. Oh, for sure. Now that we're inside the ring, how far are you on Dark Side of the Ring? So I watched some of, not all of, uh, Breaking the Cycle about uh, the Graham Dynasty out of florida yeah refresh my memory on that one because it's been a couple episodes i yeah so uh, um they look at you know after coming off of the chris candido and summer su- sunny one uh, uh, um the next one they do is about the Graham dynasty of Jim Cornette and look back at the days when the Graham family controlled pro wrestling in Florida. And then they talk about all the tragedies that basically kind of beset the family. Um, and that's basically, uh, I just kind of got in, into it and I don't have much information to tell you about the Graham dynasty. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember it either. Did you see the Magnum TA one? No, no. Um, I think after this one, the next one is about Doink the Clown. Yeah, I watched that one. And then then there's the Junkyard Dog one. That was just this one, the one that passed, which was really good. Both of those are good. Yeah, I can't can't remember what, do you remember what happened on the Graham Dynasty one? Yeah. What what happened with that? I'm trying to remember. It was like, Suicide, suicide. Oh yeah, suicide, the suicide. yeah, that's right. Like five guys in a row. They like, like all, generation after generation. Yeah, different generations of the Grams committed suicide. That was like the main um, thing in the story. Yeah. So um, I suggest you check it out. Um, we're not going to give away the whole thing because we want you to watch the show. Um, Dark Side of the Ring. It's on new episode every Tuesday on Vice. Um, We'll link up next time and get a more detailed description of what we like, what we don't like about each episode. Um, But anything else that you have to put in? 
No, just like I wasn't super stoked on the the thing the after one. the like the Chris Candido one and shit. So I wasn't really trying to like I was like, yeah, um, but I'm definitely looking forward to doing the clown and the junkyard dog one. So we will be we will be I will be up to date and covering those uh, in the coming weeks. And we can't talk that. Yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly in this life, Bobby B. And once again, we're always reminding you to show empathy, protect the planet and animals, and support the Wrestleocalypse. Booyakasha! Sometimes I need to remember just to breathe. Sometimes I need you to stay.